This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I think I'll start with a short recitation of the Quran, inshallah, purposes of barakah. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanir rajim. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu attaqu allaha wal tanzur nafsum ma qaddamat lighad Wattaqu allaha inna allaha khabirun bima ta'amaloon Wala takunu kalladhina nasu allaha fa'ansahum anfusahum Ula'ika humul fasiqoon لا يستوي أصحاب النار وأصحاب الجنة أصحاب الجنة هم الفائزون لو أنزلنا هذا القرآن على جبل لرأيته خاشعا لرأيته خاشعا متصدعا من خشية الله وتلك الأمثال نضربها للناس لعلهم يتفكرون هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو عالم الغيب والشهادة هو الرحمن الرحيم هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو الملك القدوس السلام المؤمن المهيمن العزيز الجبار المتكبر سبحان الله عما يشركون هو الله الخالق البارئ المصور له الأسماء الحسنى يسبح له ما في السماوات والأرض وهو العزيز الحكيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وكفى وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على عباده الذين اصطفى وبعد We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam we ask Allah to bless him and his entire household and all the messengers of the past those who were sent to their people to remove them from darkness to the light we ask Allah to bless them all and their companions and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless every single one of us and grant us ease and goodness, our offspring, those to come up to the day of judgment. May he keep them on the straight path. Ameen. My dearest sisters, daughters, 
the educators who are here this afternoon, the honor is mine to be here. And as much as I see excitement in the faces of the, the sisters here, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept from us a good message. There are so many things I could share with you, but yesterday I visited some schools and I shared with them something, and I'd like to share with you something similar to those lines because I feel it's important and relevant. I like to talk of reality and not of, you know, tale. Although sometimes we may use a story in order to try and perhaps put across a very powerful message. Every one of you has a dream. Every one of you would like to achieve something long-term or short-term future. Immediately you want to pass your examinations, don't you? Allah make it easy for all of you and us as well. Long term, I suppose you'd like to achieve success. Some of you might want to become doctors and others might want to become something else. Some might want to become tutors and teachers. And some might look forward to getting married and having children and looking after them. And alhamdulillah, whatever dream you have, I'm sure you would be foolish if you were not working towards it. So if you want to pass your exams at the end of the year or term, and you were a lazy person who never ever studied, you're actually hoping and wishing for something that you're not working towards, so you would be foolish to do that. That having been said, every one of us, by nature, try to achieve what we'd like. If you want to eat, you don't just look at the plate and think of you know, the little samosa that's looking at you and start imagining it to be in your mouth and think that it's now going to jump from the plate into my mouth. No. You would, common sense would make you use your hand and to pick up whatever you'd like to eat and put it into your mouth in a civilized manner. And that is common sense. The same applies to anything you want to achieve in life. You need to be focused, you need to be dedicated, you need to work hard to achieve it. Not only in this life, but even in the life after death. Just like you would like to pass your examinations here in this world, you need to know that the effort is required and a bigger effort is required to pass the examinations of the Akhirah. I might drop dead right here, right now. Oh, that sounds a bit gloomy, but to be honest with you, it can happen. I should not be frightened of it, but I should be prepared. Because if it does happen, I need to ask myself, what have I done to pass the examinations that come thereafter? The questions I'm going to be asked when I die, of how you led your life, that's far more important than whether I had A's or B's, or whether I've succeeded here and I made the millions or billions, or how I looked and so on, because that is eternal. And this is why as Muslimin, not only Muslims, the Christians, the Jews, and other faiths as well, when they look at the life after death, they will teach you it is eternal. We teach the same. It is eternal. You need to prepare for it. There is a resurrection. There is a day of judgment. So your whole life is like your time in a school. In, in the school you have rules and regulations. You cannot do whatever you wish in the school. You have to do what the school says you've got to do. And a day will come when you will graduate. You go out with your certificate depending on how hard you worked and how you passed. And that certificate that you have will determine your future. Because if you have failed and you want to become a doctor, I don't think you will get a place 
in any university, even in Zimbabwe, where I come from, I think they know the difference between an A and a D or an E. So, we would all like to pass. Whilst we are here, we would follow the rules and regulations of the college. We have to. If we don't, we may be expelled, we will lose, and so on. Life itself is just like that. When we were born, we entered the school. We learn so many things. We have so many rules and regulations. We cannot break them or we will fail. And when we die, we move along with our certificate and that certificate determines our future. How many A's do you have in that regard? And how many B's? And the beauty is just like in this world, you can repeat if you fail, if you're lucky. You repeat and you repeat again. And I always say, you know, when a doctor wants to slit your belly because he's a surgeon... You don't ask him, hang on, did you pass GCSEs the first time? Or he might tell you, well, I failed 10 times. It's got no, it makes no difference. I've still got the knife and I'm still cutting your belly. Allah, make it easy. You don't ask him, how many times did you pass or fail? The fact that the final result was that he passed. He is then responsible. The same with us. Allah gives us chances one after the other. The fact is, where are you sitting right now? Are you involved in a sin? If that's the case, cut it out. You will pass. If you don't, you fail. It's up to you. And if you don't want to take heed, then there is none to blame besides yourself. So where am I getting to? What's the, what am I trying to say? Let's now focus on a story. Okay. There was a man. He was a porter. And he used to earn 50p to carry people's bags from point A to point B from the train station to their cars or wherever. And he used to get 50p a throw. Wow. A lot of money because if he had to, you know, help 200 people, that's a lot of money a day, right? No, don't think I'm encouraging you to drop out and become porters, no. So one day there was a, a man who walked off the train, got off the train with a can of milk. With a can of milk. You know what a can of milk looks like, full of milk. So this porter offered help and this man says, look, I fear you might drop my milk. He says, no, I won't. He says, okay, I will give you 10 pounds if you carry my milk without dropping it from here to my place, which is about a mile away. So the man says, I definitely won't drop it because I've been working for 10 years and I know how to carry things. And then, true to his word, he, he showed his expertise by putting this can of milk onto his head with a little piece of cloth on it. And you know how they balance it, you know? on their heads. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I've seen it back in Africa and even in India, the same thing happens. They balance these big pots on their heads and they know they can actually run with it. So he's balancing and he's starting to think now. He's starting to plan. He's got his dreams, very good dreams. He's a very good planner. So what did he say? I will get 10 whole pounds. Wow. Wow. 10 pounds. I am going to buy two chickens with the 10 pounds and they will lay eggs. And I will start selling eggs. And when I make enough, I'm going to buy a third and a fourth and a fifth chicken. And I will have a distribution of eggs. And after that, I will have more chickens. And I will start selling dill chicks. And then I will start selling chickens. Then I will have an abattoir. And I will then start slaughtering chickens and selling them and distributing across. And after that, I will buy a small piece of land and get some sheep. And then the sheep will multiply. I will employ perhaps 20, 30 people. And when that happens, I will start selling the sheep and I will start slaughtering and selling mutton as well, distributing it across the city to all the butchers. And thereafter, I will buy a bigger piece of land and get some cows. 
Then I will have a dairy farm as time progresses. Wow. And once the dairy farm begins to produce, I will increase the number of cows and I will go into beef. And I'll enter the industry until I go into crop. And when, when I go into crop, I will be a heavily diversified farmer. And when that happens, I will start buying the buildings in the center of the city. One after the other. That one, and that one, and that one. And then, the girl I wanted to marry, whose father refused me last year, just because he was the mayor of the city, will get to know me. And when he gets to know, when the father gets to know me, he will want me for his daughter. And he'll regret that he refused me just last year. And when that happens... When he comes to me and tells me, will you marry my daughter? I will say, no. <laughs> what will he say? No. And as he said, no, what happened to the can of milk? It dropped. And when it dropped, he was obviously shattered. But who was more upset was the owner of the milk. I told you. I told you I'd pay you ten whole pounds. And I told you I just needed the milk. He says, hey, 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 hang on, hang on. You lost a can of milk. That's nothing. I lost my chickens. I lost my sheep. I lost my cows. I lost my butcheries. I lost everything. I lost the buildings in town. 600 people lost their jobs. And on top of that, I lost my life because now I can't even get married anymore. Okay, that's the tale. That's the story. What's the moral? The moral I want you to take home, and I want you to think of it every day, if you can. One distraction in your life can shatter your dreams. Remember that. Especially as young Muslim sisters, girls, my daughters, wallahi, I would advise you, be careful. You have your dreams. You'd like to achieve. You know, you want to get married. You want to have your, perhaps, a career within the scope that you may want it, you know, permissible, inshallah, in the sharia. And at the same time, you have so many dreams. But remember, if you lose focus for a moment, you may well set yourself back by so many years. You have to start all over again. It doesn't mean your life comes to an end. No, but you would inconvenience not only yourself, but others as well. And you might shatter your dreams to the degree that you may not be able to achieve what you want because of something. And I'm telling you this because back at home, we have a lot of difficulties. Where I come from, and in South Africa as well, we have a lot of issues, many issues. We have teenage pregnancies, we have people who lose focus, you know, in life, with a lot of regret. And if you ask them questions, they tell you, you know what, I dropped my guard for 10 minutes. That's what they say. Or perhaps I fell into a haram relation, and I was conned and duped into this. There you are, loss of focus. Just for a moment, or a short period of time can really shape up your future in a way that you did not want it to be shaped. So this is why I say, at your age, remember, be focused on what you are here for, what you are trying to achieve. You need to put your effort, energy in studies. You need to be focused. What do you want? You need to work hard. You need the pleasure of Allah. And what are the things that make you lose focus? Well, listen to them. There are a lot, but I can say a few of them. Let me tell you, point number one. The internet can be used to make you or break you. Yes, it is a hub of knowledge if you'd like to use it correctly. In fact, a lot of the schools, even in the third world countries, are beginning to introduce access to the internet, which is becoming sometimes compulsory. <clears throat> By all means, be responsible when you use the net. That's what I'm saying. 
very responsible. Do not drop your guard or your can of milk comes crashing. Remember that. Secondly, the mobile phone closely connected to the internet. Wallahi, wallahi. The way you interact with people and what you do and who you allow to have your number and to mix with you and who you respond to and how you reply, what you say, what you do, all shapes up your future. It's your can of milk and the shaking of your head and your little no. Allah protect us. So use your mobile phone responsibly because sometimes a mistake with that mobile phone can really result in a lot of destruction. Number three, your friends, your company. Choose them wisely. Don't mix with people who have bad habits. Don't mix with people who are going to take you towards, you know, forgetting your goal in life, your aim. We as Muslimin believe that we are living in this life as a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Be disciplined. We have some of the most content people in the world as Muslimin. Happy. Why? Because... They lead their lives having covered themselves, perhaps having protected themselves from, you know, music and so on, the nightlife, the drugs, the, the uh, alcohol, intoxicants and so on, protecting themselves from all that. That results in facelift, automatic facelift. I always say a Muslim does not need makeup to prove that they have noor on their faces. In fact, makeup burns your skin to the degree that after a certain time, you won't be able to come out of your bedroom without actually you know, using it so much that you become enslaved. I always tell people, you know, if you're married and you'd like to perhaps look a little bit more decent for your husband, we might tell you within certain scope it's permissible, yes. But to get excited from a very young age and plant yourself with one inch of icing is really not the way forward. Believe me, it's not the way forward. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us protection. But at the same time, more important than all that is your obligation to your maker. Much more important than all that is, have you fulfilled your obligation to your maker? The one who made you, your salah. Have you fulfilled it? If you haven't, you're losing focus. Because salah will help you. Do you know, salah is made obligatory because of time clocking in. Did you know that? And I could translate that by saying, if Allah has given you life enough to see a certain time, He expects you to have engaged in a certain prayer. So if I see sunset, I have to read Maghrib. If I don't see sunset, I don't have to. So the fact that He's allowed me to cross a certain point of the clock, the prayer becomes obligatory. How can I cross that point of the clock and not thank my Maker and prostrate to Him for having let me pass that time or seen that moment? Subhanallah. If you have seen, you know, that moment before sunrise, you owe Allah Salatul Fajr. Do you know that? If you died before that, you don't owe Him that. He took you away. So these are little obligations that we have to Allah that have a very, very broad benefit. It's not just, you know, spirituality, I'm going to stand and I'm going to put my head on the, on, on the ground for my maker. Remember, we as Muslimin, what makes us different from others? We, we put our head on the ground only and solely for He who made us. Nobody else. We render no act of worship for anyone besides He who made us. That's it. Whatever act of worship I want to engage in is only and solely for the one who made me. And this is why we put our heads on the ground. We say, you know, Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la. You know, glory be to He who made me. Rabb is the, you know, a creator, nourisher, cherisher, sustainer, provider, protector. It has a long, long meaning. MashaAllah. Rabbun. 
So glory be to him who is all high, yet we've put our head right on the ground. Lowest position you could actually have it. So if you're not going to fulfill that, what will happen? You will not be able to achieve the contentment in life that you're searching for. The owner of your happiness. You're trying to achieve happiness through his displeasure. It cannot happen. It won't happen. If someone owns something you want, your best bet is to be in good books with that person. Especially your teachers here. You know, you want to pass? You need to know how to talk to them. Mashallah. Perhaps they will help you a little bit more. It might happen. And sometimes if you're rude, they might develop an attitude against you thinking. And when I say against you, I don't mean they obviously would fulfill their, their duties as tutors. But at the same time, if you were being a little bit nasty, they have the right to perhaps just do the bare minimum they have to do and that's it. Why? Why don't you have a good relation with those who are around you? You're a Muslimah. You're a person who is responsible for your character. Your character is an act of worship if you would like to use it as that. Or make it that. So these are the distractions that we have. We have one of the biggest distractions today is the opposite sex. Very big distraction. What happens? Young age. And we're busy chatting up someone we don't even know. Yesterday I gave an example, a true life example of a young girl who was chatting with a certain guy of her dreams online. And he's exchanging pictures with her and, she, he, and, and you know... Uh, she's exchanging pictures with him and so on. And when they met, he was a 70-year-old man. <laughs> it's a fact. It's really something true that has happened. And the police had to get involved and so on. But the fault is both of theirs. I'd like to think that you don't even know who's on the other side. They can send you pictures of someone else altogether and give you names of totally different people. And yet... That, that's your life. You cannot sleep without a message from that ghost. Allahu Akbar. Yes, it happens. People lose their heads over someone. Why? You're at an age where you're not supposed to be worried about all that. It will come. A time will come, inshallah, when by the will of Allah, you'll also get the mayor's son, inshallah, wanting you. Allahu Akbar. But don't drop your can of milk, mashallah. Allah grant us ease and goodness. My beloved daughters, really, what I've shared with you today, I've spoken very little, but I've tried to share with you a few distractions. Like I said, the opposite sex, to be honest with you, because I try to help people as a little counselor myself, we help you know, people who have little problems here and there. We get to know much more of what's going on sometimes. And we see how people fail in life. They become depressed. They become stressed at a very young age because they don't know to them, wow, See, the car he's driving. Yo, I better get his number. It's got nothing to do. I swear. Oh, the guy walked past. Whoa, look at the way he walks. Yo, you know, the smell, the scent, you know, the watch he's got, the phone. Yay. Look, Allahu Akbar. Allah make it, you know, easy for us. Really, we, we should not be attracted by things that are really, uh, you know, not attractive in the real sense. You marry someone who's got good character and conduct and he has a consciousness of his maker. The Prophet ﷺ says, if someone proposes to you, someone comes with whom you are satisfied with their level of piety and character, then allow them to get married. Subhanallah. Why character? Because looks, you know, they last up to the age of I don't know. Let me not say it because I'm also getting there. MashaAllah. 
And after that, what happens? Only those who really appreciate you will consider you gorgeous. Subhanallah. No matter how, how much you weigh and how many wrinkles your face has developed, if you married the right man, you are his queen forever. Believe me. But at the same time, if you marry the wrong man and he married you because of what you look like, the minute those looks go, he's involved with someone else. It's a fact. Why? Because now they have the looks he was looking for. And he will even tell you, you're not what I wanted. And that's 30 years down the line. Allahu Akbar. That's a disaster. This is why we say, don't get fooled by these little things around the globe. You know, wait, we need character conduct. I'm not saying marry someone you consider really intolerable to look at. <laughs> Notice I didn't use the word ugly because nobody's ugly. To be honest with you, it's just something your eyes may appreciate or not. So someone you might not appreciate in terms of looks and you cannot tolerate to look at them, you don't have to marry them, subhanAllah. But at the same time, remember, don't lose focus. The main, your main aim at this particular time in your life is something else. As you grow older, your focus, inshallah, can shift to that which you need to focus upon. So, you know, these are the few words that I've shared with you. I hope and pray that we can all maintain that balance of our little milk cans on our heads. And inshallah, when we walk, we know where we're walking, how we're walking. We're conscious of what we're doing. And we try to achieve the things one by one, inshallah. And I wish you every success. And inshallah, it was a pleasure to have come here this afternoon just to share with you uh, a small piece of advice which I hope will go a long, long way in helping you focus. Because indeed, with myself, one of the things that keeps me on track is this type of focus where you think to yourself, what am I meant to be doing right now and achieving, inshallah? Uh, keep it that way until we meet again sometime. By the will of Allah, I say, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.